When we are baptized, we are done so in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But very early on in the Apostles' Creed, uh, to a profession of faith in the three persons in the Trinity was added, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And then the, the final sort of classic form of this statement is formulated by the councils of Nicaea and Constantinople in the 4th century, which we are going to say in the Creed this morning. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is quite an astonishing thing. So we believe in the three persons of the Holy Trinity, but also in this institution of Christ's, the Holy Catholic Church. And the Church is one because there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. And the Church is the bride of Christ, and Christ can only have one bride. The Church is holy because... Uh, She is made without spot or wrinkle by Christ, cleansed from all sin, called out of the world to be sanctified by the sacraments of the Church. And, of course, uh, she is apostolic because the teaching of the Church comes down to us through the apostles and the guarantee of our unity in Christ, of our oneness and holiness, is through the ministry of the bishops who are the successors of the apostles. What I want to focus on this morning in today's solemnity celebrating Peter and Paul is the Catholicity of the Church, that we believe in the Church kataholos, according to the whole, the entire deposit of the faith. The definition of a heresy is a choice that we make for a part of the faith rather than accepting the entirety that is given to us by the Church. I thought of this yesterday. Uh, Yesterday was the 65th anniversary of the ordination to the priesthood of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. And uh, Pope Francis threw a party for him. And uh, it was the first time that Pope Emeritus Benedict spoke publicly uh, since he stepped down from his uh, exercise of the papacy. And it was very interesting to hear him speak to Pope Francis and say, uh, your goodness, your example is a daily strength for me. You know, it really keeps me going. And then Pope Francis returned the compliment saying that Benedict continues to minister to the church in his prayer and his witness. And seeing these two men together embracing as we often have seen them over the past three years, Uh, is a great inspiration for us. It should be a great inspiration for us. Unfortunately, we all know that uh, in the church today there are those who would divide these two men, who would divide uh, the teaching of Pope Francis from the teaching of Pope Benedict XVI or or vice versa. And uh, the fact that they would embrace and that they would speak so highly of one another seems to go over our heads. Uh, But this is to make a choice for one or the other. Uh, This is a very dangerous thing for us to do. Today's solemnity, we see in Peter and Paul a similar witness of two very, very different men. Because, I mean, let's admit, uh, Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis are very different temperaments. Uh, They're from different parts of the world, very, very different experiences. Uh, But so were Peter and Paul. Peter was from Galilee. Paul was from Tarsus. Uh, Peter probably spoke some Greek, but he was probably not... Uh, greatly literate in Greek the way Paul was. Uh, Paul was a great traveler, a great orator. Peter was a fisherman. And so uh, Paul had a kind of uh, difficult personality. Uh, Peter seemed to get along with everybody but overestimated his own 
abilities to follow Christ. So they're very different men. They had their disagreements. But the early church, beginning already in the first century with the letter of Pope Clement, uh, with the letter of St. Ignatius of Antioch to the church at Rome, gives witness to their great love for one another and their great unity of teaching. And when Pope Clement writes to the Corinthians in about the year 90, he says, uh, your church is racked by division and rivalry. Take a lesson from Peter and Paul and uh, submit to one another. Be servants of one another. Let those who are appointed by God to positions of authority exercise their authority with joy and not with sorrow because there's contention and rivalry in your community. Uh, And so already in the early church, we see Peter and Paul uh, coming together in Rome, both giving witness to the faith there in a unified teaching, both being put to death there by the Emperor Nero, and both being buried there and venerated in Rome, in this place that now today witnesses to the unity of the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church. And so let us ask ourselves, in what way do I... Uh, prefer Peter over Paul? Is it because I prefer not to have to think too much about doctrine, I just follow the institutional church and do the things I'm told to do, or I honor the Pope who happens to be the Pope right now and I don't have to pay attention to my bishop or the people around me, or do I prefer Paul to Peter because I want to, I don't want to have to listen to the institutional church or whatever it is. We have to see the church as an entirety, all one billion Catholics, and all of the baptized Christians who are not in full union with the church. We have to love all. We have to accept all of the church's teachings, all of her history, all of those who have gone before us, all the saints. It's a beautiful thing because it's something that uh, enriches us daily. We can never run out of things to love about the church. What a gift this is. Uh, But the truth is, loving is hard because it involves setting aside things that are comfortable for me and embracing things that call me out of myself, to call me to be really holy and sanctified for God. Let us pray that this celebration today of these two great, great saints and the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist will give us the strength to really love the Church as a whole.